Hi, welcome to Supervision with a Vision. Today, Heather and I are talking about social justice, counselors being advocates. This week, we read The Power of Counselor Advocacy, published in Counseling Today 2023. And um, Heather, our first point that we wanted to focus on is what is social justice? How are counselors introduced to the idea of social justice? I think a lot of programs now talk about social justice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not, I, not all programs did before. I think, um, I'm trying to think, I think that the, a handful of programs that I've been involved in recently have an entire course, an entire three-hour course on social justice. Mm-hmm. And uh, my experience is like yours, that not all programs did that. Right. Um, when do you think you saw a change? I'd say, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, 15 years ago, mm-hmm. somewhere in there, it started to be maybe a topic. But now it's the norm. Like, now, now it's part of right. curriculum. Now it gets such a big emphasis. Right. It's such a big focus. Um, so we, you and I imagine that there are some counselors who are practicing that did not get this in school. Absolutely. And then there are some counselors who are more recently out of school, and they have really gotten a lot, a big dose of mm-hmm. this. Okay. I, mean, I can remember being in school and a professor, like, giving you, like, the part that you needed to be aware of when you were overstepping, right? And we'll get to that in a little bit. But I think that was the training then. Uh-huh. I was 15, 16. And we weren't calling years. it social justice. No, we weren't calling it social justice. So that's why we yeah. also wanted to talk about that that language specifically. So right. social justice is providing equal opportunities and rights. And you and I Googled it. We right. wanted to make sure we were talking about it the right way. And we found that there are actually four different types. Right. And that's something I don't even remember learning at all until this article. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so the four different types are distributive, meaning everybody gets something. Right. Uh, procedural, the processes are fair, which for allow... Everyone, right? right. Right. For everybody, which allows people uh, mm-hmm. better access, I guess. Um, retributive, meaning we're going to go back and try and correct old wrongs. And restorative, their definition of restorative is restoring relationships. Right. Um, can you think of some different examples of, like, how this was, how you can imagine explaining this to someone or what this actually looks like when it happens? I think that, um, I can't think of an, a concrete example, but something that my mind's going to right now, so maybe you can help me get there, mm-hmm. is um, when I was doing my internship, we had a family center that reached out to the community. That that was really big stance for them to reach the community. And no matter what, you did have to pay something. But we sure. offered counseling services for five dollars. I mean, mm-hmm. you could. They tried to make it fair based on different things, based on income, based on mm-hmm. different populations. Um, but I don't think necessarily they did it well. I just think that that yeah. was the first step. Well, that's. I think that's an important part yeah. of the, of us talking about social justice or counselors being advocates. It doesn't mean that all of us are killing it. Right. It doesn't I mean, mean that we're doing it right. This is it hard. Yeah, it's complicated. Hard. Right. So you're saying um, one way that you saw that this center making an attempt at that was making the services themselves available right. to a, wi- a wider variety of people. Right. Or available, the same service could be available to lots of people regardless of their resources. Correct. Um, but maybe there was room for improvement. Yeah. I think there, yeah. there probably is now. Um, what about, this is really hard for me to imagine, retributive or uh, maybe even restorative mm-hmm. social justice outside of what is actually happening in the counseling session? Right. Um, how it's, retributive. It's a bigger construct. I mean, it's not just. Yeah. 
maybe you maybe making counseling available to a group of people who in their history have experienced a wrong right i mean with that, that with that kind of specific focus right I think um, also maybe in the restorative side, like really having an awareness and being open to the fact that you might not have a, a bias or anything against anyone coming in your office, but it might be brand new for them. Like yeah. the balancing, like going to therapy might in their culture be something mm -hmm. that's not, you know, hmm. Okay. I wouldn't have thought of that in that. In the reverse. And, <laughs> well, social, that form of social right. justice, restorative relationships, but it could be. Right. Because I can't, I'm, I, it's ha I'm having a hard time thinking of another example that fits. Right. So maybe that it's, is what. It's a little tricky in the therapy yeah. world. Um, so thinking of, I think this is important because we have this almost like a generation of counselors who maybe aren't as comfortable in this role, counselors as advocates, as a different generation of counselors who mm -hmm. are more comfortable because this is the this is the example they were given from the get-go right that counselors are advocates mm -hmm. um this one i think it, i mean i can see both sides i feel like i, I straddle the fence a little bit between i, think I do too right between a generation that that wasn't thinking about advocacy and a generation that's very focused on advocacy as counselors not right. the general population but generations of counselors um what about um lobbying for mm. certain rights right? mm -hmm. or protesting right? certain um, decisions or rights for different people. Do you do that as a counselor and say, I'm doing this as a counselor? Right. Like you make that part of what you're doing. So, right. I mean, I could go and protest for something and not wear my counselor t-shirt right. and not be there as a counselor. I could, I'm just there as me. Mm -hmm. Um, but what this is talking about is going and doing at, it as be, a, right. yeah, with your counselor hat on, right. with your counselor t-shirt on right. and saying, I'm a counselor and I'm here advocating for this right mm -hmm. or this opportunity right. for somebody. I what mean, I'll you? be honest with you. I get stuck because I was trained with a defining line of certain things, mm -hmm. but I think also like I get stuck because I'm like, well, even if I go to protest, whatever it is. If I'm around and people, if I'm with people right. I know, they know I'm a counselor, whether I'm right. trying to be in a counselor mode or not. Uh -huh. So, I mean, I think there is that line of like, you can't always escape who yeah. you are in the community right. regardless of. So if you're, I mean, um, if you, if there's a, some kind of protest downtown t this afternoon and you go and you happen to see clients right. there. Right. And and whether they see that you are for making an opinion, this is your opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, and and kind of which side of that fence you're on. Right. That they might be there um, on your side or they might be there because they're on the other side. Mm -hmm. And then what impact does that have? Right. I mean, it's huge, right? It could yeah. go either way. It could be I great think, and it could be horrible. Mm -hmm. And I think, tell me if you think this is how you hear it or see this happening. I think the this younger, newer generation of counselors who have just been trained who are learning this in school don't find issue with that. Not at all. They don't. I, I think they're right. Much. I think an, a generation, and I hate to say older generation, but <laughs> an older generation that wasn't trained with the idea of social justice being at the center of what it means to be a counselor is going, is like either finding that difficult to wrap their head around or saying no. 
I, I am not out loud in saying, public saying, right. making my opinion known. Right. That's not part of being counsel, a right. counselor. Right. That's very confusing. Mm-hmm. I had a supervisor before tell me that when they're done, like when they're with a client in a session and they're talking maybe about some of these social justice things, that the client should never know which side you stand oh, yeah. on. Yeah. I mean, that was definitely taught yes. to me. Like they yes. should, they, they should, should never, never know. know your opinion. Right. right. And I think that is not the same anymore. I right. think that is definitely not taught. Anymore. What am, this is a different aspect of it. Recently um, within the eating disorder professionals world, um, there is a, um, I don't, I wouldn't call it a textbook, but there's a book um, that was written by someone who identifies as being in the majority. Okay. Um, when they wrote the book, they identified as female, white, um, cisgender, educated. Okay. So in the in you know in the majority. Right. Um, when they went to uh, revise the book and, and create a new edition, um, they got a lot of flack for ha- having the opportunity to do that. Oh. Because oh. they're in the majority. Uh-huh. And so a lot of people said, you should step down, step away from this, and allow someone who's a minority mm-hmm. to have an opportunity to do this. And I I mean, that is, that feels extreme to me. It I does think. feel extreme. That, that seems like a very extreme example. I mean, in this discussion, and I'm, certainly I am not on at a level where I'm actually talking to the author or, or other people, right. but just in a more local setting, um, I compared it to, um, so you, the counselor who find, who's in the majority, white, mm-hmm. female, educated, mm-hmm. you should stop being a counselor because you're taking right. away a job from another counselor that could be more diverse or <laughs> in the minority. You should just, right. just go get a different job and quit being a counselor. Um, I think that's, it, it gets really complicated. Yeah, it gets complicated it goes and it goes far. too far. Yeah. What, I mean, so we're naming ideas of social justice or um, what is the role of a counselor as an advocate or a counselor involved in social justice that we're finding difficult. What's an example that you feel like is more clear cut and that lots of counselors could get behind and support? Hmm. I think uh, lots of counselors take an oath of some part that is like if you see harm you're going to report it mm-hmm. i mean okay. i think that's something all counselors get behind and right. i don't think that will ever change like mm-hmm. i think no matter that is something that's right the same for okay everyone. so like you and i see a fair amount of kids right um that if we saw a kid that in some way was at risk that we would do the things that we have the ability to do to step in and right. intervene right so we would make a phone call to child protective services mm-hmm. or we would talk to schools right or... we would be figuring things out for the benefit of that child yeah and i do think that does come into the role of advocacy because sometimes they have parents definitely that can't or won't i i mean that i offer i don't know i don't end up doing it a whole lot but i always offer that if i'm seeing a kid working with a kid that has a um, special education plan through the school that i'm available to the kid or the family when they meet with the school right. so that I can help explain or advocate for special needs, special right. supports, uh, whatever mm-hmm. they need to get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think most counselors can, would can say that. that that seems like a counselor role mm-hmm. and it seems important, seems beneficial to the people that they're working with. Can you think of any others that seem like 
we can probably all get behind that version of social justice. Um, helping clients uh, get connected if they need uh, medical resources, like uh-huh. to get medications or things like that. Yeah, I was thinking that too. I, I can see a very, I can see a, a flavor of counselor that would even find issue with that. I, yeah, maybe. But I think, I think a lot you have. Yeah. You, if you're just looking for the majority of people. They would want to get behind. I mean, some counselors don't recommend medication, period. No, no. Well, let's think about, um, I was going to use an example of, I had, it's been a long time now, um, a student, maybe this, she was even a practicum or internship student in school still, and where there was a large focus on social justice. And she was so proud of herself. She came to class to say that she did this really great job, that she had an, a, an adult woman client mm-hmm. that had a young child and the in the session the mother said that um, she did not have resources to get the things that she needed for the baby and so this very young counselor felt like she was doing great mm-hmm. advocacy and social justice put the mom in her car mm. baby seat in the back seat with the baby drove this little family to Walmart bought all of the things that mom said she needed for the baby out of her own pocket and you and and gave this as a a great example of social justice ah and i went no don't do that again please don't do that (laughs) um i get why you feel like she needed it but what are other ways that this could have happened that don't involve you spending your money right putting clients in your car right um always scary yeah dangerous dangerous for lots of reasons and everybody involved yeah um so that i think brings us conveniently to our next point where is the line Mm -hmm. so in this example you're saying advocating for getting things that the client needs medication what if we're even talking about diapers or formula or what something else you can think of that they might need that you think that's I mean, a resource. Food. food. Right? food. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a great one, right? <laughs> right. Then maybe they're saying there's no food at home and you know where there's a food pantry right. or something like that. So I think it's about connecting them with the services. For me. I mean, I think the line is a little different for everyone. Mm-hmm. For me, it's about connecting them with the services and really helping them follow through. Like if they're not going to follow through to call and get an appointment at the food pantry or to call and do things, then using your time in session could be valuable to do that. Now, <laughs> I'm also a big believer that like, to do this correctly, like you present the opportunity to the client, it is the client's job to. I'm not going to okay. drive them to the food pantry. I'll gladly right. tell them where it is and how yeah. to get and how to start that process. Okay, so you're describing, I think, if you give a if you teach a man to fish kind versus of. if you give right. them a fish. Right. So you're saying you are totally on board for teaching someone how to fish, mm-hmm. but stay with us. We'll be right back. The Coaching Conversation 2024. This podcast is 100% dedicated to leadership and leadership within the workplace coaching area. We work with companies throughout the world teaching leaders how to coach their employees. This podcast is dedicated to teaching specific strategies, frameworks, coaching models, and now artificial intelligent strategies to help leaders drive greater teamwork, collaboration, cooperation, greater attitudes, better motivation, coaching career development, just to name a few. I hope you'll check out our podcast.
not necessarily just feeding them all the time. All the time. Oh. I'm going to use a caveat. caveat. Okay. <laughs> so when would you, uh, I think, in, you know, yeah. in our analogy, <laughs> feed them? Right. I think in crisis situations. Like, okay. if I find, I mean, if, if you, if I need to jump in and be an advocate in an emergency situation, that's very different. And I'm okay with, like, crossing whatever line I need to to make sure a kid has food to eat. I think I'd uh-huh. probably go above and beyond than if uh-huh. it was just, like, something that maybe doesn't seem as important. Like, new clothes can be... You not know, as urgent. Um, I was talking to, mm, can't, I mean, I'm picturing the kid's face, but she was telling me that it was a while ago, um, that she had a teacher that really cared about her and um, maybe it was really icy. There was some reason where, why school, mm-hmm. school, the school mm-hmm. building was closed and this kid was young mm-hmm. and got free breakfast. Oh, yeah. And that the principal was worried about the kids that went to his school that got That's free amazing. breakfast and got a, t- a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. and drove to the houses of those kids and dropped off stuff. Fantastic. Love it. I th- but I think when you're describing this, I'm imagining you just said cross any line. <laughs> I'm imagining any line means the principal drops off food and says, where's your kitchen? Oh. And then makes <laughs> oatmeal for right. everybody. Right. But, it, I mean, I right. think... I mean, one of our examples of social justice was figuring out how to get people resources. Right. So maybe, but that's what we're talking about, that Mm -hmm. this line is, it's complicated. It's It's situational. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I've had plenty of clients come through my office throughout the years, even young adults, right? They just Mm -hmm. don't know how to do things. And Mm -hmm. it's really for them about... Oh, actually, there is this something that can help you. Yeah. That's very different than, and they might be more motivated to do it depending on their situation than like us working with a child and figuring out there are some drastic things going on at home that yeah. need more intervention. Yeah. So it, there's always it moves. Yeah. Um. I don't know if I've ever. I I know I've talked to you some about working at the homeless shelter. Mm-hmm. Um. That was my. That was my last setting that I was in while I was still in school, and I was there for a long time. So I spent mm-hmm. a, maybe nine months okay. there, pretty full-time. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my takeaways was, and, and I feel like this being there pushed a lot of those buttons. I had to right. think about that a lot. So one example would be there was a charter school on campus on, on this mm-hmm. really big homeless shelter, um, and... The homeless shelter provided three meals a day to the oh, families great. that lived there. So okay. they were not hungry. Right. But I would sometimes go to get these kids, and we, I was probably picking them up mid-afternoon while during their school day mm-hmm. and bringing them to counsel, walking them to the counseling room. And because I, uh, situationally I didn't know if they had just gotten to the homeless shelter, right. if they'd been there a while, I didn't always know what I was getting as soon as exactly. I got them. That I had a little stash of snacks. Mm-hmm. And they actually, they came from the homeless shelter, so I wasn't paying for them. But I kept, a, I think I kept like two cartons of chocolate milk, mm-hmm. two, two apples. To... Right. Um, you know, so kid-friendly stuff, but it wasn't like I didn't have a stash of candy. Mm-hmm. But um, I offered pretty regularly. Like, I would ask, like, are you hungry? Do, we, do you want something to drink before we start? Mm-hmm. And I would offer whatever little yeah. thing I had. Um, and when I do remember when I was doing that as a, still as a student, that there were, I had classmates that 
questioned me doing that. Yeah, I can see. And again, I think that's the line, right? Like right. you have to figure out context to it because I wouldn't even now, and even back however long ago that was, I wouldn't have, that That to me is what you need to do to do your job in the setting you were in. Right, I thought, I mean, I do remember one kid that um, he was hungry. And had I, had I not offered the apple, I think that would he would have been focused on, I'm hungry. I'm hungry, I'm hungry. Instead I'm not, of... Yeah doing what we were doing Mm -hmm. um another situation there that i i definitely i had a hard time wrapping my head around but it really has stuck with me um the person that did orientation for employees volunteers everybody at the homeless shelter um he said under no circumstances do you ever give someone money Mm -hmm. do you ever give some someone something that's yours Mm -hmm. or do you offer them a ride okay and in that orientation, a lot of people went, oh, like, why? Or, mm, I right. mean, and they could, they were trying to see that there could be an exception to that. Um, but a little bit because I was scared mm-hmm. and I was young. I didn't right. want to, I wanted to follow the rules. I did that, and but also kept my eyes open and, and was trying to think critically about, well, why is that right. important? Right. Or is there a time where there's an exception? Um and I, I stick to that now. It's a great, that, it's a great rule. And his reasoning was that there, the resources are here, mm-hmm. and if you're giving them something that they could get through the appropriate right steps, then they don't end up taking the appropriate steps to get it. So then it's hard to account for what the actual need is. Right. And also, they're not the steps are there for a reason. Mm-hmm. So. In our definition of social justice, one of the examples was procedural right. social justice. That's so that's great part example. of this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, out of all the time that I spent there, the one exception I made was that because I was always busy as a student, mm-hmm. I had a case of water in the back of my car mm-hmm. because I'd get I right. was thirsty, and um, where I was at, it was really really hot, and so if I saw someone. Mm-hmm. Um, standing in the sun, mm-hmm. maybe they were like asking for money or something, or asking for food, and I st- I stopped and could do it. I would I would roll my window down and offer a bottle of water, right? And thought that feels like feels acceptable. almost a necessity. I mean, right. water a right. necessity right. and something that's not totally out of reach. But right. um, yeah, so I, the the line is hard. It's hard to know where to draw the line. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, and maybe between you and I and all of our examples, we're also saying it's a it's a conversation. Right. That to any two counselors are going to find situations where they think about it differently, but we need to be willing to talk mm-hmm. about it with each other. Mm-hmm. Okay. Our final point is how can counselors challenge the way they look at social social justice? I, I think that goes to the same like. Don't avoid the CEs that come through. If you're uh-huh. if you haven't been taught it and you don't understand it, well, definitely dive in because mm-hmm. you need to be current number one. Mm-hmm. But then also, just have an open mind. I mean, yeah. consider that you don't know everything. All you know is what they tell you in session. You actually don't know a lot more than that. Mm-hmm. And so you need to keep an open mind and be aware of times that you could be helpful. Uh-huh. Maybe it, um, from. That, Mm -hmm. your statement, I'm thinking it means we, everyone, people who have been taught social justice, people who weren't taught social justice, need to challenge themselves to look look at things from a different perspective. 
Right. And I think that I'm I'm thinking right now about all of the counselors who maybe did have an entire three hour class on social justice that they need to challenge themselves. Right. What um like the student who put the mom in the car mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. went to and bought whatever they right. bought. Um and that she thought that was a great example of social justice. Right. <laughs> um, but that seems very dangerous, right. and certainly there are there are procedures for that mom to get those kinds of things, and not just once. I, right. To me, that's to be... one of the issues I see with that, is right. that that mom got what she needed that one day, but does she know what to do next time? Right. Does she know how to get her system set up so that she can mm-hmm. continue to get support? Yeah, so no matter where we are on this spectrum of understanding or having been taught social justice or not, we need to continue to challenge ourselves right. to look at what that means. Um, do you think that in terms of social justice or in terms of social justice as a counselor? Ooh, I think in terms of social justice, probably. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think as a counselor, yes, we can always do better, but... Oh, I mean together. Oh, yeah. Like, it, I mean, well... Hmm. I know, it's question, right? Like, I went one yeah. way and then went the other real quick. I mean, I think I meant... Uh, what I meant when I said it at first was, are we just asking ourselves what is it? What is social? What's the definition of social justice, and what does that mean? Or are we asking ourselves today with my counselor hat on, what does social justice mean for a counselor? Mm-hmm. And then I think you made me, you made me think. <laughs> wait, are we are we questioning what a counselor is? And I think yes to all three. Yeah. I, I've had a supervisee recently talk in supervision about like, I know I crossed that counseling line. And I was like, what do you mean? And mm. she explained that, you know, she really did in session call to get the psychiatric appointment to make sure this client would go. And I said, well, I don't know that you necessarily, in, in this situation, yeah. I don't know that you crossed the line. Yeah. You did what was right for your client. I don't, you know. Yeah. But it is tr- I mean, we're not saying the line disappeared. Right. Just, we're saying we're saying the line is confusing, right? And but there, probably moves like it probably right. changes. But do you think that there is still a line? Yes, yeah. I think there is somewhat of a line. Mm-hmm. And we're I think we're we're emphasizing the line is not the same every single time or for every single no. client or for every single counselor, but there is a line. Yes, there you go. Hey, that's a good. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> a good way to end is there is a line. We need to still make sure that we right. all re- know and remember that there is a line. Right. It's just really confusing. Mm-hmm. And talk it through with somebody. If you're not mm-hmm. sure, just talk yeah. it through with a colleague. Um, Heather and I would love to hear how you navigate between being a counselor and being an advocate, an advocate and finding that line for yourself. Um, and as always, we would love to hear about any episode suggestions. Thanks to, for listening to Supervision with a Vision.